Welcome back to you and your money. Now we're discussing estate planning and my guests this evening are Harry Joffe, Gordon Stewart and Brian Hirsch who's still with us in the Zoom room. If you'd like to call, our number is 011-484-0468 or you can email brian at bdtv.co.za. Let's jump back into the emails because there are a lot of them and Harry, I'm going to come back to you for this next one. From Sandra in Parkhurst, uh, in fact no, from Jeffrey in Ananda, um, please explain what happens to my living annuity on my death. I'm drawing two and a half percent, but my wife will need to draw a greater amount. Does she have to wait for my annual anniversary date or can she change it immediately? All right, good question. I mean, our viewers are sharp tonight. So the wife will have a couple of options. So option one, she can take the full lump sum and that's something that they could consider if she wants more income, she can draw the lump sum and buy, you know, some kind of other income plan right. and not be restricted by any dates. Or she can draw an annuity, but then she's the annuitant which means anniversary is the time when she starts the annuity. So she can take whatever level she wants between 25 and 17.5%. Or she can do a bit of both. She can take a bit of cash or a bit of annuity. Okay. So that's actually an easy one to answer. No, no tricks there. It's okay. really up to the, the wife. She got the three options and all of them will actually work for her. Okay. I want to bounce that back okay. to you, Brian, um, on your side, just for a little bit more feedback um, in terms of how you are dealing with situations like that. Yeah, just a point on that. I mean, you know, you don't actually carry on with the same annuity. I mean, the funds are transferred to an annuity, it would be transferred to the annuity in the wife's name, and then she starts drawing, uh, she can decide exactly how she, what she wants to do. Does she want a life annuity, as Harry says? Does she want to draw the cash or a living annuity? Harry, from a tax point of view, she ends up paying, um, um, if she draws the cash out of it, uh, she pays tax based on the, on the, on the retirement table. All right, very good, Brian. Uh, we had a trading session at Brian's office a while ago. <laughs> Brian's actually remembered something. I'm very impressed. Good, good. So the, the tax is actually complex because depending on what she does will determine what the tax does and where it falls. If she takes a lump sum, the tax is in the deceased estate on the retirement tables. If she takes an annuity, then she pays a tax every month as she draws the annuity at her marginal rate, not on the tables. And of course, if she takes a bit of both, then it'll be a bit of both. But it's actually quite important because she needs to sit down with her advisor and look at all the options. You know, mm -hmm. she takes a lump sum, what's the tax going to look like on those retirement tables yes. in the deceased estate? If she takes an annuity, what's her tax going to look like? And you've got to look at about three or four different things. You know, what's the retirement table going to do to the deceased estate? Mm -hmm. How much did her deceased husband use up? What's her marginal rate of tax? What's it going to do to her marginal rate? So it's not a simple tax answer, actually. It depends right. on a lot of moving parts, as mm -hmm. it were. I think it just goes to show the importance of having an advisor who can help you through these things because you might make a snap decision exactly. that looks right today, but exactly. tomorrow you realize that. Don't jump in until you've done the tax calls, yes, which are not yes. simple. Mm, absolutely. Gordon, I'm going to come to you with the next one, which is from Vivian in Nelspreet. She says, we live in Nelspreet and my husband passed away a few months ago. I need funds that he left to me and I have been informed that it's going to take six months to get the letter of executorship. What am I meant to do in the meantime? Starve? And what can I do about it? I wow. think it's a very... Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I, I think, you know, we, we talked, I think, on the last show with regards mm. to the effect of that hacking on the master mm. and the, the consequences and how it is delaying letters of executorship. And shame, this poor lady is now in that position. You know, I don't, she won't even be able to go and ask the executors for an early uh, distribution out of the deceased estate because it sounds like the executors have not yet been appointed. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I actually don't know. I don't, I don't think there is a, a, an easy solution for her. Harry, can you yeah. think of anything? I, mean, I think the one bit of good news, Gordon and, uh, and Michael, is that the master has cleared their systems now, so they're not hacked anymore. And we are starting to see letters of executorship come out. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's speedy. 
but between three and four months. Yeah. So it's not going to be six months, like she says. And if it's a couple of months already, as she said, maybe there's only another month to go. I mean, it's okay. not obviously a great answer, yes, yes. but it's not as bad as she probably yeah. thought it was. Right. And I mean, at least then, once the executor has been appointed, she can it go to flows, the executor exactly. and then they can start making early distributions out of the estate to her. Mike, I've got to say something, working for an insurance company, you know, all jokes aside, that's why life insurance is so important. Yes, because, you know, if you've got a life insurance policy, and your husband dies, or your wife dies, and you're the beneficiary. The money goes direct to you, not through the estate. Yeah. And no delays as soon as that exactly, death certificate comes Exactly, through. and there's no worry about the master or the executor. Yeah. At least you can eat, you know, for the three or four months. Yeah, okay. Harry, just key thing there is that you must be the beneficiary. Or the not be a beneficiary. Yeah, not the estate. Correct. Absolutely. And then yeah. what Gordon's saying is not, uh, what's the word, it happens. You know, people forget to update the beneficiaries. So it's mm. not just the estate directly, because normally they wouldn't do that. But, you know, you could have had your husband is a beneficiary and he's predeceased you, mm. now you die, there's no beneficiary because you haven't updated it. So yes. it's a very valid point. Mm, yeah. Update and make sure it's the right beneficiary. Okay, any now life changes, like changes I, I think you need to just update yeah. your brain. If I can yes. just come in there, what's also very important is if understand that whatever you do with your will certainly does not take precedence when it comes to beneficiaries. Insurance companies will pay to beneficiaries Correct. and not even if, it's, even if the policy is, is noted in the will, they will still pay to the beneficiary, mm. not to, in terms it's of any will. Correct. Mm. Okay. Mark, I've got to tell you the story uh, that happened to us a while ago. This 88-year-old guy dies and there's a beneficiary on his policy, some lady that no one in the family knows. Oh, yeah. It's not his wife, it's not his family. And I mean, he's 88, he's not having an affair. <coughs> so they do a bit of research. This was his girlfriend from 50 years ago, and he oh forgot wow. to take her off. <laughs> but we think he forgot to take her off. <laughs> yeah. But now, if she's still around, she's going to get paid. She and gets that's why yeah. That's why it's so important. You know, you update your beneficiaries. As Gordon said, check there is a beneficiary, and of course, it's the right one. Yeah. Maybe this was the right one. Maybe it wasn't. Absolutely. Maybe, Brian, ma maybe it needs to be synchronized. Is that when you review your will, which you should be doing yeah. anyway, yes. once or twice every year, um, just have a look at your life insurance policies at the same time. Definitely, because they yeah. go together. I mean, yeah. the will and the life policies go together. It's all about death. And also so the people who are involved, the people who are the beneficiaries know um, what the status is. Because I think if you are married and you don't know who the beneficiary of your husband's life insurance is, you should be asking that question. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a bit of a <laughs> thing. As long as you my wife. Harry, let's come back to you from uh, this question from Sandra in Parkhurst. She says, my dad died 10 years ago and still his estate is not finalized. He left everything to my mother. What's going to happen in the event of my mom dying with the estate not yet wound up? And how will we, the children, get the full 7 million rand abatement? Does one get this abatement if my father only left 2 million rand to my mother? Okay, so I mean, it's amazing to me, and I'm sure Gordon as well, that there's 10, yeah. ten years and the estate's not wound up. I there mean, must some be something complicated in there. Or there's some executor not doing his job. Or probably what the most likely is, it's not a professional executor. It's probably a family yeah. member who's been given this estate and they're just not winding it up. But I mean, that aside, you know, the 4A abatement, which we call it, the 3.5 million rand abatement, is actually quite complicated. So how it works is each spouse gets 3.5 million. If the first dying spouse doesn't use the 3.5 million, it passes to the second dying spouse. Right. So the second dying spouse gets 7 million less what the first dying spouse used. Now, if the first dying spouse here left everything to the second dying spouse, of course, they haven't used any of that rebate because the spouse exemption, as right. Gordon said, is automatic. So how to work here, the second dying spouse will get the 7 million less what the first dying spouse used, which is null, so they'll get the 7 million. But mm. there's a question of proof here. Mm. And in the estate duty act, it says you have to prove to SARS what the first dying spouse used, mm. which makes sense. Yes. So just a word of warning to our viewers, please keep all records copiously. Okay. You know, when the first estate winds up, keep the full record. 
then when the second estate winds up, it's easy to show SARS. Mm. Right, right. The SARS mm. is obliged to look for proof and be given that proof before they give you that double exemption. Okay, mm. great. So next one we'll go to oh it's to Harry again, but we'll see oh. we'll bounce it around Harry. You seem to be on the on the floor tonight. Okay. I'm um, from Barbara in Scarborough. We're planning on immigrating and we have retirement annuities. If we decide on cashing them in now and drawing the annuity, where will the tax be paid? Then in three years' time, will we be able to draw the cash? Is it perhaps better to do nothing for three years? Okay, again a great question. Our viewers are really sharp tonight, because this is a very topical issue. Mm. You know, so what the current law says, if you are not going to be tax resident in South Africa for three consecutive years, then you can cash in your RA. And then you can take all the cash out, and then you pay tax. But again, this is a fascinating question where you pay tax, and mm -hmm. it's something Gordon will be well versed on as well, because it depends on the double tax treaty. You know, so some countries in Europe, for example, if you are a tax resident there, and you're drawing an annuity here or a lump sum from a pension here, the tax is in that country, not in South Africa. Okay. But if it's an African country or Hong Kong, the tax is in South Africa. We keep the right to tax in that double tax treaty. Mm. So very difficult to answer that question. We need to find out, one, you know, in which country is of your living? What does the double tax treaty say in that country? Is there a double tax treaty necessarily? And then number two, she can only cash in the RA if she hasn't yet retired. Okay. So if she retires from that RA and is drawing an annuity, then you can't take the lump sum. It sits in South Africa. Mm. It's only a pre-retirement RA you can cash in. Right. And then the tax is on the withdrawal tables if you're paying tax in South Africa. You know, if you're paying tax in that country, it depends on their tax rates there. Yes, yes. And you might be very lucky. You know, there's some countries, uh, I had a call this morning from a, a broker who's got a client going to Portugal. And apparently if you're a new resident in Portugal and you've got foreign income coming in there, they only tax you 10%. Okay. So, you know, she might be going to Portugal, getting a much lower tax rate there than here. So again, a very difficult one to answer, just like Gordon said with his question. We need more facts, and that's just really a rough guide. Yeah, I'm trying to get clarity of the detail. Gordon, anything to add? No, no, no. I think Harry's okay. covered that perfectly. Great stuff. Cool. Then let's move on from Dennis in Winchester, and we'll give this one to you, Gordon. Harry's had enough time. Um, I understand that there are changes to the ability for a trust to pass the gain down to beneficiaries, so that they would pay tax individually at a much lower rate than they would have to pay the CGT in the trust. When is this change coming in from? I uh, think Dennis is closer to the Tax Act than I am uh, because I'm not aware of any changes to the uh, a trust's ability to make distributions. The only time that a trust cannot distribute a capital gain to a beneficiary to tax it in their hands and where the trust itself has to pay the capital gain at 36% is if the beneficiaries are non-South African tax residents. But other than that, Dennis, I. I, I don't know if you if he's picking up some some Bryside tax stories, mm. um, but I don't know anything of it. Harry, are you? Well, funny that uh, the name Dennis is being thrown about because where this has come from is Dennis Davis, the judge. Ah, his okay. report. Right. And I think it's 2016. That's an old report now where Judge Davis, it could be even 2014, put up the suggestion to stop trust passing yeah. gains down to beneficiaries because obviously there's a tax benefit in doing that because the trust pays CGT at 36%, the beneficiaries pay at a maximum of 18. So if you pass the gain down, you're saving tax. So right. Judge Dennis Davis, not our viewer, said, I want to stop that and let's stop what we call the conduit principle. Okay. But that's gone nowhere so for six years. And yeah. it's just kind of, I think Gordon's right. I think it just, you know, it's stuck around. People talk Come about out it. in conversation. Yeah. And yeah. it's not, it's at this stage, yeah. it's not on the agenda. Yeah. Okay. Right. And, and Harry, there, there were other recommendations, obviously. There were, one of the recommendations is the rollover for spouses. They wanted Correct. to do away mm. with that. They wanted the, the, there was a suggestion that they increase the uh, um, 
statement uh, up to something like 25 or 30 million, but all those suggestions have come to nothing. Do you think mm -hmm. those suggestions are still sitting somewhere in, uh, in, in uh, still to be discussed by any, any, any particular Yeah, interesting, Brian, because there was one suggestion that did come in, and that was raising the state duty rate to 25% okay. for states more than 30 million. So maybe right. government's brought in what they wanted to and is going to leave the rest. We don't know. Okay. Uh, it could still be out there, but... At this stage, there's no talk that it's coming in. Right. So we'll have to leave it there, gents. We have unfortunately run out of time. So thank you so much for joining us in studio. Great to see your faces in real life. Brian, hopefully we'll thank see you, you again um, on the studio floor very soon. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank Brian, Harry and Gordon for joining me. It's important to note that our program tonight is to provide information and should not be construed as advice. Next week's program, we'll be dealing with financial planning. If you need to get hold of Brian, please do see his details on the screen. Send him an email or you can give us a call during the show next week. Thank you so much for watching and good night.